Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for hitting the download or subscribe button or whatever it is that you did to find yourself checking out the radio show, The Aftermath. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to make time for our nonsense. Got M16 and EZ with you. About to interview another dope guest. EZ, what's going on, man? What's good, man? Trying to wipe my nose because I just ate some godly gumbo. Okay, so you just, you know, interjected a, uh, you could have just been like, I'm cool, but you had to just toss in the part about you, you know, eating gumbo. You had to add that in there, right? Uh, Of course. This dude. Well, uh, for the people who are downloading this podcast, we, like I said, we definitely appreciate you checking out the aftermath. Um, our guest that we're going to be talking with today is uh, he's a guy who um, I've been knowing for shoot at least a decade. At least it's been at least ten years at minimum at this point. Um, he runs a outstanding online radio station called NGI Radio, Next Generation Internet Radio. Uh, a guy by the name of DJ MJAD. So not only is he running an entire empire with an online radio station, he's also a Growing, I, I don't know if I can even call him growing because he's already been out there. Great review, a great DJ for like events and things like that. So this dude, multi-talented, got a lot of interesting things to talk about. So we're gonna be having him on in just a second. Uh, but before we wait on our guests to get here, Easy, um, you know, it wouldn't be us if we didn't talk about some abstract stuff that we wouldn't normally get to on the live show on Tuesdays, which is this return of sports, man, and how it just, to me, I know you want your sports, but to me, this whole thing feels doomed, man. You got people testing positive. You already had several uh, colleges who are saying that they can't even afford to be able to do the testing to keep up. So they've had to cancel their seasons. There's been at least four of them. Um, the, the NBA is going to be operating in this bubble. The NFL, the, God bless them, they operating like the stadiums are going to be full what the hell, man? What is going on, man? You still optimistic? Uh, I am. Because uh, money is the ruler of all evil, man. And these leagues um, have put in a lot of money to um, make this thing a reality. So you best believe they're going to see it through. Um, I mean, we can't really sit here and think that players that were coming into training camp, some of them weren't going to test positive, right? Like, they knew mm-hmm. this was going to happen, which is why they put in the money to get the testing. Okay, it's July 5th. The season starts July 24th. Cool. You got COVID. We're going to quarantine you for 14 days. And then three or four days before the season starts, you'll be back ready to go. Like, I, I think so far to me, this shouldn't be surprising to anybody that follows sports. You knew players, a minority of players, were going to test positive, whether they were showing symptoms, whether they weren't, um, especially the NBA and, the, and baseball. I mean, you got folks that are not from the United States that, you know, spend their off season in their home country. Um, so you can't control what they do when they, you know, when they leave. So with all that being said, I think 
for them, everything's going according to plan right now. Okay, we've identified the minority that are that have tested positive. Um, we're now going to take the you know medical procedures that need to be taken to make sure nobody else gets it. And now that we've done that, let's get everybody else in this bubble and make sure that they don't do nothing crazy while they're in the bubble. Oh, so cautiously optimistic. But see, these grown people can't even behave themselves in normal circumstances, some of them. I'm not trying to paint all athletes as, you know, they don't follow the rules. But you're asking guys to live on a campus bubble. And, like, it's just the whole thing just seems unsafe and doomed, all the sports. Don't none of it seem safe, especially football. Football seems like the least safe out of all of them. Well, I mean, if you look at football's ownership, then you'll probably see why they have the attitude that they're having. Um, and, yes, I'm talking about their who they vote for. But I think the, M- the, the NBA had the right idea with the bubble. I think what's going to be difficult for baseball is that everybody's reporting to their respective facilities. There is no bubble. You know, so these folks are still going to travel and, you know, come and go as they please, which I think you see a lot more baseball players who are opting out of playing this year because of that. You know, um, Ryan Zimmerman has bowed out. Uh, David Price most recently, yesterday, he bowed out. There's been a lot of other big-name guys who, have, who are saying they're sitting out. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But – baseball is going to have to tread very carefully with how they're doing this because, you know, you got 30 teams and they're all still going to report or operate individually in their respective facilities. So I think that's where baseball is going to have to watch out. They also have to watch because baseball players, unlike, well, football players do it too, but baseball players, they go to the, 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 you know, these are guys that are always spitting and they, they lick their fingers and they go to their mouth a whole lot during the course of a game. That can't happen in this type of environment, man. You can't be throwing around a ball that's been touched by a bunch of people and then be going and touching yourself in the face and in the mouth, man. It just, like I said, the whole thing just seems doomed. I don't feel like, uh, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, yes. People want their sports, but at what cost, really, man? Like, everybody's like, get them on this, you know, let's go, let's get it going. And it's like, but what are we really asking for? Are you really well, going to well, get what to you feel that. like you're going to? Okay. Well, just to counter that, I think the good news here is that only a minority of the players tested positive. Where your concerns would have came into play if, like, over 40% of those players would have came back positive. I'm not even going to say over half, because I think once you get to, like, 30 40%, you should be concerned, because you don't know who that player's been with, who they've talked to since they've been back, all that good stuff. But I think ba- basketball only had, like, I don't even think it was 10% that tested positive. I think they tested, like, 400 basketball players or 300-something and I forgot how many the exact number was, but it was like a very small minority. Well, I don't know if baseball's done yet, but the big thing is not a significant amount tested positive, which I think to them is what they were kind of initially worried about, like how many are going to come in and actually have it. Because I think if you get to 30 or 40%, to your point, you're basically screwed. Like, there's no need to go about it. But I think that because the numbers have been so low so far, that gives them optimism to keep going. And, I mean, come on. You really think that, you know, they're going to stop trying to make their money the way they can? Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just looking at it from a logical standpoint because there's some people who are being illogical because they just want something on their TV. They want the NBA back. And I keep saying this, and I know I've probably said this in, into the ground. Be careful about what you've been begging for because people are going to forget or they're soon going to see. Like if you're like myself and you're a pro wrestling fan, yes, wrestling is cool and everything. They're doing it with sparse crowds because they're using the, the other talent as the crowd. But you're going to see how 
unintensive feels when you got a huge stadium and guys playing a playoff game where you're like, well, this wasn't what I was expecting. This feels real JV. It's not giving me the rush that I thought. So I'm just saying it just seems like the sacrifice being made for something that's not that important with a disease that we really still don't know anything of the risk-reward to me isn't worth it. And these owners, they want to try to put this across like that. They ain't hard up for money, man. These are billionaires several times over, all right? I know that they want to make it seem like the the world is crashing because they're not getting their money or, you know, all this other stuff. The owners are not the ones that are hurting behind this. It's really the fans and some of the players, the players who need the money, who this is their job, yes, and the fans who are clamoring for sports and want any – you know, basically any little sense of normalcy that uh, that they can get to get things moving. Because I know you're in that category. I'm like, man, if they don't play, fine. We need to get this disease figured out first, this virus figured out. He's like, look, goddammit, get me my sports, get them now. I need something. Let's go. Even if it's going to be trash. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying uh, – let's just – for the people, I don't want anybody to be in danger of contracting the disease. Just That's what they're doing. They're about to be in danger of it, big danger. But they're not. But they're not, though. How how are they in danger if everybody's in a bubble and none of them have tested positive for it? What are you endangering yourself if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who don't have it and didn't test positive for it? It's not like I'm going to your crib and I'm like, hey, man, I don't have it. You don't have to worry about nothing because I never I haven't got tested. I don't know. But all these people that are in these facilities, they have not tested positive for it. So where is the risk? The risk comes in if Joe Blow, you know, goes outside the bubble and goes to the mall or does something that he's not supposed to do, then, you know, that's where the risk really comes in. But they, the NBA specifically has protocols with that. Like, if you leave the bubble, you, you, you cannot come back for 14 days. Like, that, that's already, like, processes they have put in place. So I don't get where the, the risk thing comes into play if you're testing the people and you're saying, hey, these are the rules we have in place. Everybody who's here has tested negative. Where's the risk? You're not having fans right. at the at the facility. Yeah, I so just, where's the I risk besides somebody who's leaving the bubble? I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just I don't know. Something feels off about it to me. Like when like I didn't have this rush of hey the NBA is announcing that they're coming back and I'm like okay, or baseball came to an agreement okay. But we still really ain't figured out the biggest issue with this. Like, we worried about sports, and it's like uh, – so, okay, so let me ask you this easy. If you were a baseball player, with those are the majority of the people that are bowing out. I know there's some NBA players that said that they aren't playing, and football still has a little bit of time to figure out what they're doing. But if you're a baseball player, and let's say that you, you know, at this point, uh, you know, you're in your mid to late 20s, so you've been in the league for a few years, you've made some money, how would you, if it were you, what, what would you decide to do? Well, I don't think the decision would be solely up to me, right? Like, for example, David Price said yesterday, you know, he was torn between playing and then keeping his family safe. So he consulted his family, and they decided it was best to just not, for him not to play. So for me personally, you know, I would definitely consult my inner circle and then weigh the pros and cons because you know let's be real some athletes are just not really smart when it comes to their money so some of them need that game check <laughs> yeah you know some they some do. Of them need to go make that money so and i know that makes some people irritated like these guys should be millionaires but everybody who's playing is not well off they might they might assume you might assume they are but they're not well off yeah uh you know M16, who's bouncing in between, back and forth between the G League and the NBA, his game check ain't that mm-hmm. hard. It's, it's a little short. It's a little short. It's just so difficult, man, because they're making people make moral choices on something that's not that deep. And I know to some people, even to us, man, we're 
when when seasons are in full swing with our teams, we are fanatical fans. But if in the grand scheme of things, sports, when it, you start talking about what's happening right now in the country, it's not that important. And for guys to be able to have to make moral choices or whether or not they could make a living or not and put themselves at risk, it's just, I mean, I guess it's something that everybody's dealing with right now. Like if you're someone who's like a waitress or anybody who's dealing with a job that, that has people around you, dealing with the public, you're putting yourself at risk for something that you don't know how your body's going to affect you. Um, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And I, I don't know, man. I just maybe I'm maybe I'm the minority. You know, maybe I'm the only one that feels like it's a bad idea, and maybe I need to, you know, get a grip on how things are supposed to be. But maybe there's some people that feel the same way. I'm just like, man, maybe you should just take a step back and just. I mean, 2020 just need to get canceled all the way all together anyway. Like nothing that can happen this year is gonna salvage anything. Your team could win the championship. It ain't gonna feel that good. You're like, oh, we want a ring, and what? And what? You know? Like well, well, the way that it, for LeBron, that ring's gonna mean everything. <laughs> if LeBron it is, but see, the way that, the, the way this is set up, the the way this is set up though, is that somebody will mess around on the uh, an important player on the Lakers that might not be LeBron might mess around and get that shit, and they gone for two weeks in the middle of the playoffs. So you might mess around and have a surprise champion where it's like a seven seed where they just are the last team standing because they kept everybody healthy. So. Um, like I said, you know, if somebody wins the championship this year, people are not going to look back on it on this fond memory. Like, hey, man, remember 2020? You know, our team won the championship. It's like, okay, whatever. They won a ring. but I, 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 really I disagree mean. with you. I, I disagree. A lot of players have actually said the opposite. A lot of players are saying that this championship that they're about to go for is going to be harder than any championship before because half of these guys, let's be honest, have been sitting on their ass for three months. They haven't been working out. Maybe a few of them have been playing pickup games. Um, So you're basically bringing in a bunch of people who are kind of out of shape, and now they're basically about to do a playoff run. you got players who are saying the complete opposite of what you're saying, that that this championship will not have an asterisk on it. This is actually going to be one of the tougher ones they'll ever try to go get. Man, that game quality is going to be so trash in that first few weeks, man. So garbage, <laughs> especially like what? it was you, you you will be watching on TV just like I'll be watching on TV. So I, so I don't know, man. I'm, I'm saying while keeping everybody empty, empty, empty arena basketball. I uh, uh, I don't know, man. Empty arena basketball. I mean, that's fun to play when you're playing 2K, but empty arena basketball. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's gonna lack that intensity. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, do you really pay attention to what the fans are doing when you're watching NBA basketball? I'm just asking for a friend. It's not about paying attention. It's about the atmosphere that the fans create. Have you ever been watching, like, a playoff game where the crowd is into every possession? They're screaming defense because their home team is trying to get a big stop, you know? All you're going to hear is shoes squeaking on the floor and guys hollering out at folks and commentators going remotely. It's going to be a disaster going to be a disaster not aesthetically pleasing but hey people want their sports or whatever <laughs> so um while we're waiting on our uh guests to get here we're gonna um take a little bit of a break here and uh play a song here and uh hopefully we can uh get things moving here in just a second uh song that uh getting ready to play here is uh from s and sean all right it's s and sean and red man love me still so uh, you guys check out this song, and then when we come back, hopefully we'll have DJ MJAD. Uh, if we can't connect with him, we'll just keep yapping about whatever's on mine right now, and um, hopefully we can get it together. So uh, we'll be right back in just a second. You're checking out the radio show, The Aftermath. Story time, kids. Yeah. Y'all tucked in? Tied up with a broken heart string Neatly in a photo But more tears to fill a trap cup up to the brim Had to move them solo You were out way before it ended You were never mine to begin with 
I was not so blind, I was in this. I was still in love, you were finished. But see the way you scandalized my name with random lies. I, I know you love me still. You keep my name in your mouth like a sunshine. It ain't no punchline. We laughed and cried. Our past is And I love myself Thought if I could heal you I could heal me too Maybe find a real me in you And I'm sorry I should've never put that pressure on you Should've known better Should've never let you in Should've never gave you that ride home Should've never got addicted to your life Smile with the gap that'll match mine And Mel cast signing in this beauty I was bad Bastard, hold up, wait. I need a flash. Fill that thing up with that brown water. I'm about to flash. Pools full of liquor and I'm diving in it. Dug in my pain up on the diamond in it. But see the way you scandalize my name with random lies. I, I know you love me still. You keep my name in your mouth like a time It ain't no punchline. Laughing, crying. I'm bad My wife, I gotta tell Chris Rock. But a few days ago, girl told me to kick rock. My heart used to race, now it's a pit stop. But in the end, she missing my Alfred Hitchcock. Running to her girls like he did this. He ain't spending no money on our weekend trip. I ain't rich, baby. I ain't got Gucci in the closet. From all this stress, you're making me an alcoholic. Like, why oh why? Like, why oh why? Why you gotta treat it like this? Was trying to destroy your brother, but we just think I can't be your lover. I done moved on, back on my grind, and she looked surprised like her credit card declined. Yeah, that's me in that Range Rover. The game's over, the payola got the chain colder. Look at him. Now you can hate, baby, from the sidelines, and I'ma stay flexing like I'm hot nine. And smoking bud that you see on hot time. Red man and I'm about mine. But see the way you scandalize my name with random lies. I, I know you love me still. Keep my name in your mouth like a sunshine. It ain't no punchline. You laugh and cry. I'm bad to buy. But ooh, I know you love me still. Burn me. But I still wish you good luck in the journey, journey. Yes, sir. Red man is in the building. Edson and Sean in the building. Uh-uh. DJ Static in yes. the building. Welcome back to the Aftermath. Easy NM16 hanging out with you. You just checked out a song from S and Sean and Redman called Love Me Still. That is available on all your streaming services, Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, whatever it is you choose to use, that song is there, S and Sean and Redman. Check both of those guys out. Yeah, I'm, you know, great music. That's just one of the great songs there. So make sure y'all get that a listen. All right, so we're back. We are just um, awaiting our uh, guest here to go ahead and kick off our interview. But you know, these things happen, so in the interim, we keep the talk moving in between then. So in the last segment before we listened to that song, Easy, we were talking about sports and the return of sports and all that stuff and how this COVID thing is just affecting that. And we talked about this on the show last Tuesday about how people tried to basically sweep the Rona under the rug, like, well, if we just pretend that it isn't there, it's not, uh, you know, it'll just go away. And, well, I got a question for you. 
and we were only putting it in the bubble of sports, but let's just bring it outside of that. There's, do you feel like certain things have been changed permanently now because of COVID? Like, one thing that comes to mind is take a look at movie theaters. Are you really comfortable with the way theaters are talking about coming back to open? Because I, I feel like it's changed forever. Um, so what, what do you feel like has changed forever, uh, what has changed forever due to the coronavirus? Um, not to be that guy, but nothing has really changed. Um, unless the building or the place is closed, people are still gathering, dude. Like, you know, yesterday was, you know, the 4th of July, and I was on Twitter, and I saw way too many clips of beaches packed, uh, families having gatherings. Um, I think the organized way of, you know, gathering and having fun and all that, like, from a business perspective, is different. Like, you know, movies and restaurants and bars. But, you know, look at Myrtle Beach, man. Everybody and their mama was out there yesterday. And there were way too many people there for me to even ask if anybody was wearing a mask. Because I think with that many people out there, it really don't matter. (laughs) Um, You know, there was a video people in Michigan at a beach. Same thing. Like, until the virus hits you or someone close to home, you know, what's stopping you from really doing that? There's no laws. You know, there's just a few mandates that are being loosely, you know, uh, enforced. What's really stopping you from, you know, going acting ass at a at a beach, or having a a Fourth of July gathering? Like the CDC ain't law; they're just, you know, a bunch of doctors who recommend stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Do you find yourself like when you're watching something on TV now, and now when you see people like around each other, even though this was recorded probably way before uh, COVID hit, you're like, man, they ain't doing no type of social distancing. They all in each other's face, you know. Look at how they gathering up. Cause my my neighbors, man, my my neighbors had like a get together for uh, I guess Fourth of July celebration. They was all out there. All I'm like, man, they ain't social distancing. I, I like I just don't understand that part of it. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, so are, will you ever feel comfortable going back to like? What is it going to take for you to feel 100% comfortable with going to certain places? Like, what are some of the places on your list where you're like, okay, I can go here. Like, I can go grab some takeout from somewhere. But this other thing, I ain't too sure about that. Like, what's what's one of those for you? I think for me, I won't probably fully feel comfortable, you know, until there's like, like a vaccine. Like, whenever coronavirus really becomes the flu, right, where – we know the flu's out there. You know you can get the flu, but there's a vaccine, and not as many people can, you know, contract it. I don't know what's the best way to say it, but I think until the coronavirus gets into that flu category where everybody knows about the flu, some people get it, some people get a vaccine, you know, get the, uh, what you call it, every year for it. I think that's where you get, like, a flu shot. Yeah, where you can get a flu shot, like, I I don't know. My list is very limited of stuff I would do right now. Like, um, that's, like I said, that's sure. talking about opening back up with social distancing. I'm like, hell no, nah. absolutely. Well, nah. What you mean? Six, Six Flags parking lot was full the other day. They open, unless I miss something. No, no, you're right. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying. Talk, I, I was just saying it like that. Like, you know, um, that's another place we're gathering. Like, how are you supposed to social distance on a ride, man? Like this is a but, place. That, but that's what I'm saying. Like the CDC can make all these recommendations they want, and they can say this is what you need to do. And let's be honest, all them people are hella smart. They went to school. They got big fancy degrees. They know what the hell they're talking about, and nobody's listening to them because why? Because we made it an option. Our our politicians, our leaders, have not backed them up by putting bills and laws in the place to make people 
Listen. The CDC can say whatever they want, but let's be honest, the majority of the American public will do whatever the hell they want to do unless their local leader or somebody writes a law in and says, hey, you got to do this. And that's the problem the CD- right there. You, you said the, it the right CDC's there. The CDC's been saying for months, hey, you need to wear a mask. Well, you know, some retailers like Costco, they made it a no debate. But now, just now, mayors and governors are mandating masks. Where was that in March? Man, where was the stiff lockdown back in March? We were behind the game. Other cities were already starting to social distance and lock their cities down for only necessary things. We had essential businesses open that shouldn't have been open. Now, don't get me wrong. But that's okay? what I'm saying. The, like- the, the term essential business is so loosely used because, to me, when I think essential business, um, hospital, you know, I think hospital, I think, you know, first responders. So who falls yeah. under that? Fire department, police, hospitals. Yep. Like, to me, that's an essential business. Yeah. And really, they shouldn't Gr- even be businesses. You know what I'm saying? And most of them are government. But I get, but I get what you're saying. G- grocery stores and gas stations, essential, must be there, have to, okay? Those are t- other right. two places that have to be there. But, man, I'm looking around. Now, don't get me wrong, man. People need to go places to get something to eat. But p- places that serve and take out, like, I-, I don't feel like that's essential. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, people need to go be able to go get something to eat and all this stuff. That's why the grocery store is open. That's why that business is essential. Now, don't get me wrong. Right. I like being able to have my yard cut during this pandemic. But that ain't essential. Who coming out? Who in the no. HOA coming out to check during the pandemic whether or not my grass is cut or not? You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I, I gladly would use that, but that's not essential. So Burger King ain't essential. Takeout ain't essential. And it's like if if we would have just locked these down and specifically said all these other places have to close, these are the only things that are open because they are needed, we would be in a better spot. But nobody, man, I mean, some people were paying but, attention to But the term the was so loosely used. Like, I mean, you got, you know, the the shredded people, I don't, you know, call them the paper business. They were still open because they're considered essential. Why? Now, I get if waste management and the garbage people were still open because you don't want, you know, two weeks worth of trash just, you know. But that's essential. You need to get rid of your that, trash. Right. But I'm talking like, you know, like I saw a post on LinkedIn, like some executive was saying, oh, thank you to the government for making the paper business essential. Why? Why? Why do you need to shred documents in the middle of a pandemic? You know? Right. Why? What, it's just certain things I'm trying to figure out. Like, why are you open right now? What? Why? What is the reasoning behind this? Why is this open? You're not essential. I mean, the WWE used a loophole to be known as an essential business in Florida. Wrestling ain't essential. That's what they got the network for. Go watch some old tapes. That's not essential, but they were made an essential bi- uh, an essential business. It was just like, how is that even possible? So, uh, but, you know, what's another thing, man, money, could- money is the root. I said this earlier. Money is the root of all evil, man. You know, it's true. Our well, president you know is a businessman. You're, you're right, but this ain't a business. This is the country. And, you know, it's another one that fits into this category. I And maybe we're biased because this is what we do, too. But I think radio is essential because not just for playing music, but I'm saying there are news outlets where people are getting news from radio. So I would say that radio stations are essential. And it's also a social distancing business. We're able to do our show every week, and we don't have to be near each other. And that, you know, so I would consider that as far as being essential, not us per se, even though we feel like we are essential, but you get what I'm saying. It's certain things yeah, that yeah, you're considered. He's talking about your local news station, CNN, Fox News, uh, even though it kills me to say Fox News in that sense, but yes, that, uh, yes. <laughs> right. But, yeah, like, I mean, I think you could probably narrow it down to, you know, 10, 10 types of businesses that could stay open. Let's be honest. There's no reason why the dry cleaners needed to be open during a pandemic. None. 
like if we zero. if we're shutting down the the country for fourteen days, let me let me specify. If we're shutting down the country for fourteen days, I'm sorry if you own a a tailor or a dry cleaning business. There's no reason for you to be open because zero. I go to the dry cleaners <laughs> once every two months. And in all honesty, I could just wash my clothes here or go to the local laundromat. Well, laundromat, dry cleaners, two different things. Where, but where are you going? You getting your clothes pressed up for what? To sit on your ass at the house? Seriously, like people but that's don't what I'm even saying. Like stuff like that. Right, and that's I think that's the you know the point for our listeners that we're trying to make is that the first go round when we did this when when it was in style and I'll put this with air quotes, to everybody doing these 14-day lockdowns and all this other stuff, there was a lot of stuff that was deemed essential businesses that had no business being open, no business. And I think that's what hurt us, and that's why we're in the position now. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go to be the blame of that. Us deeming a lot of these businesses, throwing them in this essential bucket just so they could stay open, you know, is is what kind of hurt us and and has us in this position. And, you know, I don't own a business, so, you know, maybe some small business owner could tell me that I'm wrong and, you know, they they have every right to and they could probably give us more information than we know. But there's some stuff to me that's just black and white. And there's some businesses that just didn't need to be open. Uh, when we were having this first original shutdown, whatever you want to call it. That technically wasn't even really a a shutdown per se because it didn't really, it didn't solve anything. What did it solve? Here we are still stuck, you know, in the same spot. We went, but they went and opened the stuff back up again, man. It wasn't nothing changed, man. I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. So, yep. I just, man. I, I don't know. We could sit here and debate this all day long, but this uh this is this is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. So yeah, there you have it. But so we'll, let, let me ask you this. Um, do you think that we'll ever go into another round of where they shut down everything, quote unquote? No. We should but we I agree. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you why. I don't think it's happening. No, it needs. It should have been done two weeks ago, but it's not happening. And the biggest reason why, the 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 biggest reason of this of why this is not happening is because Trump does not want to look like he wants to put health in front of like he feels that's the best way um, to get reelected is to show that he cares about the economy more. Well, I mean, let's be honest. That is something that he knows a lot about. He knows a lot about business. Um, You know, I just, to your point, that's the only thing that's really going to keep him in the race to win re-election is some hopes that the economy is turning around. Like, he was up in front of a camera the other day bragging about the jobs report and how the economy added several million jobs back into the economy. I mean, let's be mm-hmm. honest. Did we really add, you know, a bu- several million new jobs to the economy or did a bunch of people just get their jobs back? <laughs> a bunch of people just got their, got their jobs back. That's how that happened. That's exactly how it happened. Right. Like if you lose 36 million, if 36 million people file for unemployment, I would hope six million jobs were created or brought back. Like to me, that's nothing to brag about. Yeah. If well, anything, you're still operating in a deficit. Welcome to America, buddy. That's how it is. So we uh, now are going to go ahead and bring in our guest um, that we're going to speak to here, DJ MJAD from NGI Radio. Give him the high budget. <laughs> Applause and whatnot. Concert circumstance. DJ MJAD, what's up, dude? What's going on, my brother? How's it going, man? It's been a long time, man. man. 
I, I know, man. I know you guys. You guys still still going strong, though, man. So, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, good though. You're talking about us going strong. Let's let's start with you, man. I mean, MGI Radio. I mean, it's been around for years and years. You're still out there making it happen. I mean, I remember back when it was you know next generation uh, internet radio, and it had Atlanta somewhere in the title too. So now you've been around so long, yeah. you rebranded. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We just, you know, switched it up a little bit just to kind of kind of just encompass everybody and just not get labeled as just, you know, oh, you guys are just an Atlanta station. So. Yeah, because I know that was never your intention to, uh, you know, corner yourself by just saying it's Atlanta because, I mean, you could just plainly see if you're following you, you're doing big things out there. So um, can you tell the folks, how did you come up with the concept for NGI Radio? Oh man, that uh to be honest with you, we 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 started as a as a blog. Uh, and and it was just really just to talk about anything. Kind of kind of how you guys do with the show, you know, you just hit random topics. And that's kind of how we started. It was just a blog just I was just writing about random topics and then we wanted to kind of just expand the reach a little bit. So, we was like, man, what better way to do it than with music? Everybody listens to music. And uh, that's how, that's how that formed, man. Just to just to kind of gain listeners, and and in the same token, kind of help independent artists put their music out. And I mean, on the flip side, we were just trying to be cheap, so we didn't have to uh, spend any money to um to a licensing company to play mainstream music. Because you know, if we if we didn't, kind of kind of run the risk of getting in trouble for playing music without paying royalties to the people who own it. So that was uh. You know, it became, it became uh, uh, that independent radio station just built off of that. And then, like I said, we were just trying to be cheap, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, you know, just keep it real with that one, though. But um, right, oh, so we're, talking to DJ, we're, we're talking to DJ MJD. Uh, he is the the man behind NGI Radio, so make sure you check that out. Also, a sought-after DJ for your events as well. Now, for sure. MJ, can you can you tell the listeners just a just I guess a little bit of a peek behind the curtain on what it takes to run a twenty four seven online station and how you manage all these shows on your platform? Man, it's a uh, it, it's 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 a lot of work um, starting off when you when you really don't know how to manage the whole thing. To be honest with you, but um, I have a I have a couple of partners. Uh, one who is like my main guy. He's in uh, Dallas, Texas, and he helps a lot. When it comes to to maintaining it on the back end, um, we have a we have a streaming company that we do play uh, pay every month to uh, kind of you know host our stream and 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 pretty much everything website emails everything, and I'll usually take care of the that part of it, and then I have my uh, like I said my partner who will take care of the music, and if you want you can call him a program director really because he's the one that finds. The um the artist man he finds the art and that's that's really the big thing behind the radio station is the music because the more the more artists that we can get that's just the more ears that those artists have already on you know on their platform that we can we can grab so we try to find really dope artists and he's also tasked with finding good um, syndicated shows that we can add to the list that are not just regular you know hosts that are focused only on NGI radio. We have uh, a show on the on the network now with uh, Rampage, the last Boy Scout. He's you know he was part of uh, the Flip Mode Squad, part of Flip Mode Squad with Buster Rhymes, and we did a couple of interviews with him. And next thing you know, he came back to us and was like, "Yo, man, I like y'all platform, and I got a radio show too. Can I have my radio show listed on you guys' network?" So we kind of got, man, it, it just kind of worked out where we've been just just lately building up with the the guests that we have through like I said my program director putting together a nice a nice little network to bring people in so we've had artists like Positive K just most recently on the on the web uh we've had uh the legendary Smooth B from Nice and Smooth for the hip hop heads out there that was one of the dopest uh hip hop artist uh groups out Back in the day, uh, we just had him recently, and uh, just last week we had Jazzo, another dope hip hop artist. A lot of people know him because he kind of introduced Jay Z to to the hip hop game. We had him on our show last week, so 
you know, that's just that's just a taste of just a little bit of what it takes to get behind there, talking to talking to the people that can make the connections. And I'm just glad I got a good team to help me do that, man. Because it does. It takes a team to get this one to get this done. I mean, even with with us, we're not running on the scale that you are with the 24/7 thing. But it does take a team to get this done. Easy, you got something for a DJ MJD? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Man, I'm chilling, bro. How are you? I'm doing good. Same. That's that's all we can really do with this quarantine, huh? That's man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so. uh we're going to step away from the business side real quick. Um, you know, 16 mentioned earlier that you host events, you've done things before. What was the most dope event that you were a part of in regards to organizing it or that you DJed? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go with DJed. Um, I got – I had one of my – well, one of my guys that actually kind of kind of brought me into the DJing side of the whole thing, hit me up one day and like, hey, are you free? And I got a gig, but I can't do it because I'm double booked. So I said, yeah, man, I'll take it on. And um, it was actually over at the Braves, the new Braves Stadium. And it was right across the street on this rooftop. So once I got there, I found out who the uh, who the client was. And it was um, – What's his name's daughter, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter, the, the one out here. So I get out there, and I'm DJing her 50th birthday party. And that was so dope because one of one of my daughter's favorite actors is uh, Chris Tucker because she loves that Rush, the Rush Hour movies, all the Rush Hour movies. She'll watch them with her mom. So uh, I'm DJing, and who do you think walks into the goddamn party is Chris Tucker. So he, you know, he's I'm I'm in there with with Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter. I got Chris Tucker walking in the building. There was a whole other bunch of other celebrities there, but those were the two that kind of stood out to me. Um, and I was able to get a couple of pictures with her and with Chris Tucker. I brought her home, showed my daughter. She was just, you know, doing backflips because she I, I met I met Chris Tucker, so that was pretty dope. Um, and that was that that's really the. Uh, the gig that just stood out to me, man, because I hadn't had anything as high profile as that before. And, you know, I, I really wanted to put on a good, a good show and I did. So they were happy about it, man. All right. So MJ, I got a question that piggybacks off of what my brother just asked is that, so how difficult is it when you're doing events, you know, obviously you're trying to please crowds, sometimes a mixed company and musical taste. So what's your strategy for keeping everybody happy with the music selection? To be honest, I kind of I, I do allow the guests to uh, to request music, and that's something that in the DJ community a lot of DJs try to stay away from because they don't they don't feel like they want to have anybody telling them how to do their job. And in order to be to be able to please everybody, which is so hard, especially when you get your DJ in a party where you have a age range from eighteen to sixty five, it's like you know, how are you going to play to make everybody happy? So I, I definitely will take request suggestions. I try not to get overloaded with it. And I'll try to see if, if the song fits in within how I'm trying to mix, I'll throw it in there for the people just to kind of make everybody happy. But for the most part, it's just understanding what my client wants up front. So I spend a lot of time talking to the client before I ever even get out there to DJ the, the, the gig. So I'll find out, hey, what type of music do y'all want? What are your favorite types of songs? So at least if I could get the the, the client, you know, happy and focused on, on what she's or he is asking me for, then I'm pretty much going to satisfy the, the majority of the guests. Because, you know, for the most part, if, if I'm throwing a party myself and I'm playing the kind of music that I like, I'm pretty sure most of my friends like the same thing. So that makes that part easy. It's just once we get into the party and you got some people, you, you know, you got half the dance floor rocking and you got one person that comes up, hey, man, can you play this? This will really get the party going. It's like, dude, you're not even a DJ, but you're trying to tell me what to play. I, you know, I'll take the suggestion, you know, and, and if it fits and I see it, it might be something that can help me out, I'll, I'll throw it in there later on. But, I mean, it's just really, really spending the time to get to know the client up front before I even get out there, man. There's always that guy that tries to tell somebody how to do their job everywhere you go. It never fails. Look, it's, even when you put it's not, record, not you even only that. 
And then you get, I'm going to tell you like this, you also get the guy, it's usually an older dude, right? He'll walk up to me and it's like, he'll just stand there for like two, three minutes, just staring at, at, at the setup. And then he'll inch his way over and be like, hey, hey, man, you know, I used to DJ too back in the day. Like, man, get your ass out of here. You ain't used to DJ shit. <laughs> but <laughs> it's always that little sneak in there. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's how they sneak in there. Oh yeah, man, I used to DJ too. Oh yeah, that's cool. How come they didn't hire your ass then? No, man, right. he's just trying to show you how they used to do it. That's all. He just trying to show you young, yeah. you young boys how we used to do it. That's all. <laughs> that's Jesus true. Christ. So again, that, that's a good point, you. though, man. I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. No, go ahead. It's cool. No, I was gonna say that that's a good point that was sixteen actually because sometimes, man, you go you go. I'm sure you go to a lot of events. Well, you know, before all this took place where you just had a mixed crowd of different people and different vibes. Like, and sometimes you got to play music from all different kind of sides of the spectrum just to kind of make sure everybody, you know, feels involved. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one of, one of the, the, the things that kind of tested me big time was, was uh, having a DJ a virtual party. So like we said, because of the things that's been going on lately, we, you know, we as a DJ, I can't even really get out there and, and, and DJ like that for people because we can't have large crowds. So I, people have been turning towards virtual parties using Zoom, using Evite, using, you know, whatever medium they want to use. And that because you're DJing and, yeah, you can see people, you know, on, on, on the Zoom feed or whatever, but it's not some – you're not truly interacting. You can't touch people. They can't come up to you and ask you questions. Once you're DJing, you kind of we mute everybody else, so I can just see you dancing, but I can't hear you say a word. That's the hard part, and uh, and just trying to get you know acclimated to doing it that way. But hey, it works. Can can you please try to describe what a virtual party looks like for people like myself that have not attended one of these yet? Oh, yeah, it's, man, kind of it, it's. It's 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 cool. I'll be honest with you. It is pretty cool. But um, you think about it, you're not locked down to one spot. You know, it's not like I have to pack up all my equipment, travel to this venue an hour away, and and then unload and set. I'm already set up in the one spot that I want to be set up at, and all the guests are everywhere else. So you think about you're DJing for let's just say. 50 people joined the Zoom, all right? It's just like having a meeting. They all joined in. They all have their own speaker set up at their house or wherever they're at where they're listening to you. So you're pretty much putting on a party for not just those people who are, you know, have been invited to your Zoom. They might they might be somewhere where they're playing it and another 10 people are listening or watching. You know, it, that, that's just a pretty dope part of, uh, of that type of party. But, you know, it's just... It's just a setup. You you log in as a as a user. I would just log in, accept my invite that I get from the uh, the client, and just start viewing the screen and <laughs> turn up the volume. That's that's it. You know, wherever you're at, and you turn it on, that's where you're gonna play it. So that was pretty cool. It it is easy, and if you have a chance to see one, because um, my wife was actually invited to a couple of her friends had birthdays during the real hard. Uh, lockdown or whatever you call it and it was cool i mean they got themselves all you know they got themselves all made up you know like they was going out and stuff had they drinks and stuff it's a it's a pretty cool um it's a pretty cool concept and um you know with somebody like dj mjd who can hold a crowd even in person so i'm sure he handled that more than well being able to do it virtually all right so i got one i got one last uh, question here for you mj and then we got a game that we like to play on this version of the podcast but let me ask you man you've been at this for for a long time and i don't mean to say this like you know, trying to label something that's older. I'm just saying you've been working really hard at this for a long time. It's not something that just started, you know, a year ago or two years ago. It's been a while. But where do you see your, yourself in NGI Radio if we have this conversation again in five years? Oh, man, in five years. Uh, so the great thing about, um, as we, we talked about a little earlier, how, that, how NGI Radio even became the evolution of that is where it started from something else. So, I spoke about my team. I got two two guys that have been with me doing NGI radio from, from day one. And um, they both helped create such a – make this thing evolve in such a way that 
we all took on additional skills and have able to launch additional businesses that spawned from this. So with the radio station and then incorporating the music, it allowed me to, as we just talked about, become a DJ and actually create a DJ business outside of the radio station. Gave me that avenue. It also gave me a way to, uh, I do a lot of woodworking, so uh, I build facades for DJs as well. That's another avenue that I was able to, you know, bring in some revenue that spawned from a radio station. Um, I also do voiceovers for other DJs when they need drops and things like that. That's another business. My uh, my our graphic designer. We have never paid or used anyone else to create any images, flyers. Uh, logos, business cards, or anything from the radio station or any other business because one of our DJs has, over the past six years now, became one of the dopest graphic designers that I, I ever found. And he's done, like I said, all the work for us to the point where our merchandise is now being done with his creations. So there's two shows that we have uh, on the network also that took on a life of its own. One is the mixtape show. That's the biggest show that we have on this, on the network, and that's where we've been uh, interviewing a lot of these um, more well-known hip-hop artists. I was talking about, like I said, Jazzo, Positive K, uh, some, some of these other guys. Um, and that's helped create merchandise in that respect also. So the only thing that I'm looking for is for us to keep on growing with not just the radio station but our other businesses that are created from that. And with the radio station, just really focus on more of the promotion side of it with ad space and uh, and artist development and promotion packages. So by the next time you hear about, uh, you know, me and you talk or, you know, I check in with you guys, it should be uh, definitely a point where we're generating a lot of revenue. You know, the, the we, we built the, the foundation for it and everything and, like I said, grew other businesses out of it. But for the radio station itself, I want that to start generating some cash. So that that's that's going to be where we we hope to uh, be looking forward to. Yes, sir, and and that's going to come that's going to come around. It's already building right now. And me knowing you the way I know you, man, I know you're not going to stop until that happens. You're not going to quit or you know come up short. Not at all. Uh, so we need to be bringing in that revenue. It's all about that's what it's about provide providing the product and then bringing in the the ad revenue. All right, so. Good. Uh, before we play our little game here, can you tell the people where they can find any and everything to do with M- DJ MJAD and also NGI Radio? Absolutely, man. We try we try to keep everything as uniform as possible. So just hit us up at NGI Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and if you, if you follow that, you'll pretty much be able to link to any one of you know anybody on the team and any of the other businesses. Yeah, like you say, we do graphic design. We have a photo booth company. Uh, we have two two merchandising uh, websites that we sell uh, our merch off of right now. So just as you find the radio station through the social media or just go to www.ngiradio.com, you know, we got you there. Uh, for our artists, we take, uh, we take that independent music and we, you know, we try to spin it and uh, share it with our other DJs that we're building and networking with. So if you have music out there, also hit us up at submitmymp3 at ngiradio.com. But, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much that's pretty much how you can get with us. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's good to sit down and, and, and chat, and uh, hopefully we can have you back again and do uh, something long form or, or have you on our, our live show um, as well. Because, you know, you go way back, man. You've been on every incarnation of the show we ever did, man. So, you know, I appreciate you um, making time for us. So um, we got this last thing that we do on this uh, this podcast, the aftermath, is uh, we have a little uh, thing that we play here called Don't At Me. So I'm going to ask you a few rapid-fire questions. And uh, you get your answer, and if you if that's the answer you stand behind, you just say "Don't at me" after the answer, and um, that's how we play it. Okay, I'm down. All right, so we're gonna play this with DJ MJAD here. Now, I have to point this out. I don't make these easy, so this is not something simple. Just so you know, just because we cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So MJ. What's the better sandwich? A peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a grilled cheese? Peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, man. 
Don't at me. Easy, what about you, man? Jump on on this one. Oh, man, those are both good. Uh, I'm going to go with the grilled cheese. Don't at me, but it's closer than you think. Yeah, this one, this one is rough because they both have their place in here. But if I had to just get tipped over the scale just a little bit, I'm going to go with the PB&J. Just barely. All right. Here's an interesting one. Is Vince Carter a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Oh. Vince Carter is a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. I'll leave it up to debate. Is Vince Carter a Hall of Famer? Based on the other people that have gotten in the Hall of Fame, yes, he is. Don't at me. Because basketball lets anybody in. And I'm not saying Vince Carter is anybody. And that's why I'm I'm definitely with you on that one. That's why I said I'll leave it up for debate because some people may say no. But, I mean, if we're going off for some of the other people that made it in, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in there. (laughs) 16 says no. (laughs) 16 says no. Yeah, if we, if we were best <laughs> but, but, we, 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 but this is MJ playing don't add me, not me. We can talk about that for another day. <laughs> um, here's, here's one. Who's had the better career? Dr. Dre or Timberland? Uh, damn. Uh, I'm going to have to go Dr. Dre. Don't add me. All right. That's the thing. I ain't gonna push you on that one because you can't lose with either one of them. Yeah, it's, it's hard. They're both I just, just, I, I gotta they're lean both just towards... successful in different ways, man. They are. Yeah, they are. I don't, and and I can only lean towards Dre because he's close. He's closer to to the billionaire status than than Timbaland is. I mean, Dre still got a way to go, but um, he's definitely closer. All right, this one might be tough on me. Who had the better three-year run? Biggie's 94 to 97 or Jay-Z's 96 to 99? Oh. I told you, man. This ain't easy. Oh. I'm going ha- I'm, I'm to have to go with... I'm going to have to go with Biggie. Don't at me. And, uh, you know, I, I have to go with him only because it's like... It, you know, if you if you if you're in the championships and and you play in the game and y'all going hard every game and you're winning every game to the point that you finally get to the championship and and uh, the hoist that trophy up, it's almost like Biggie, because I mean he went through such a great run and then at the at the height of the run is where he he passed away and all you're left with is the height of that run. It's like. You know, it's, it's always going to be the question is where it would have went after that. So, you know, for that moment in time, you got to give it to him. All right. I, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough debate, but you, you kind of do have to lean Biggie on, on that one. All right. Here's the next one that is heavily debated around here. We've been sticking this one in here. What's the better video game system, the Nintendo Switch, the Xbox One, or the PlayStation? Damn, that's, that, this is going to be super hard because I, I, I don't play video games and I don't own any of those things uh, that you mentioned. So, I, but for that, I'm just going to go with PlayStation because what the last time I did play video games, it, it was on a PlayStation. So, uh, I'm going to go with that. Uh, go ahead. This go question. ahead. Go ahead. This question upset 16 again, man. He just he just wanted you to say Xbox. Thank you so much. <laughs> you heard the man. PlayStation. <laughs> I would have went with Switch too, but whatever. But it's it's it's, it's Xbox. This is the first answer that you've gotten wrong, MJ. Here's the last one. <laughs> and <laughs> which is the better shoe, the patent leather Jordan 11 or the classic Air Max 95? I'm going with the classic Air Max 95. Don't at me, hands down, no question. I mean, it shit is not up for debate. And I'm t- I know exactly why you picked it because the Air Max 95. It doesn't matter what color they had. You could wear them with every outfit. They had a color for everything you could wear back then. Man, yeah, and still to today. To this day. Easy. Do you know about those? Have you? If not, you need to Google them because they no, are no, great. Me, I, I watched the last dance. They they literally had like a 20 minute segment about <laughs> that particular shoe. So yes. Yeah. Um. 
just absolutely classic. And also what was classic was this version of Don't At Me with DJ MJAD, exclusive to the Aftermath, playing the game with us here. Man, I like that game, yeah. man. That was dope. Yes, sir. Yes, we try to, you know, we try to switch it up and make it happen, man. So, again, DJ MJAD, we appreciate you, you know, taking our time out of your busy schedule to holler at us, man, and please come back on again very soon. Oh, man, uh, whenever y'all have me, I'll be here, man. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate you. We'll give him the high-budget applause as he goes out. Cause he's <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, man. All right, y'all. Peace out. All right. All right, man. Another Aftermath is in the books. Another dope guest, another dope interview. Easy, how you feeling, man? Can you just give the audience the approximate time it takes you to come up with these don't at me questions? Because, you know, if anybody's been listening as long as we hope they have been, you go into some pretty in-depth research about the guest, which helps you come up with the question. This is fact. This is fact. And, I mean, I don't want to show everybody how to – how the bread is made, but just know that I, I definitely spend my time trying to tailor these questions so I can, you know, um, kind of hit folks in a spot where, you know, it's like in their wheelhouse kind of where it makes it tough on them. But it makes it fun for the game, though, and that's the point. It makes it fun. So that's the point. So, yeah, man, that's that's the, that's the point of that game is to just allow people to learn more about the person in depth, you know, that kind of stuff. Interject. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, there you go. So, there you have it, man. Another great guest on the Aftermath, DJ MJAD. Make sure you check him out, NGIRadio.com. Get on that. For the record, he so, did say PlayStation. So. Yeah, but he also said that he don't play. So, he just went with, like, the last one he heard, which was PlayStation. That's the last no, one. Oh, no. He said the last one he had. We'll see. Maybe his answer will be different it's next okay. time we talk to him. Buy an Xbox, DJ MJAD. You'll thank yourself. Anyway, we appreciate everybody listening and downloading this, this podcast. Um, check us out. Got another Aftermath dropping this week. And also our live show on Tuesday, blogtalkradio.com slash it's the radio show. Please check us out. 8 o'clock Eastern. PM, that is. Don't come looking 8 a.m. because we ain't going to be there. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, we got day job. Easy, man. Good stuff, man. Let's do it again real soon. Like tomorrow. Yes, like tomorrow. Well, we appreciate y'all.